Like when he was 12, she like demolished him with a teapot. And he's like, right. oh, I, can't I can't do the teapot. Right. Let it down. We're going to talk about psychological problems as a yeah. kid, getting your ass handed to you by a woman with a teapot. That'll yeah. do it to you. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? Ian Anderson. Some shit. And today we have a very special guest host, Sam, a good friend and winner of our giveaway earlier this year. So technically, she's been paid more for this little adventure than we have. (laughs) (laughs) True. I thought about that yesterday. I've already been paid in advance. It's fine. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Sam. We're happy to have you here. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Sweet. All right. So do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we do put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate any help growing the podcast. Go ahead, hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Also, go check out our website and subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Just sent out our October monthly what's coming out. So it included this movie and three others if you you want to know what those are go check it out sign up you'll get that email today we're going to be reviewing enola holmes it was released september 23rd 2020 it was written by jack thorne based on the novel the case of the missing marquess an enola holmes mystery it's directed by harry bradbeer stars millie bobby brown lewis partridge henry cavill sam claflin helena bonham carter and francis de la tour movie centered around enola holmes sherlock's teen sister she discovers her mother missing and sets off to find her becoming a super sleuth in her own right as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord all right if you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers go ahead and pause here then go check out our spoiler free review on our youtube channel watch this movie and then come back and join us where you left off if you don't care about spoilers stick with us we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing so let's jump right in guys what you guys think of this movie i know i in the spoiler free i talked about i just thought it was a very very fun movie sam we literally paused because (laughs) you commented on our facebook page and i read it like right before we started recording Mm -hmm. and you were like you recommended that we should have a women's perspective on this. Yeah. And, um, so that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a woman's perspective on this movie. I loved it. My my mom, my aunt, my sister, we all watched it the same weekend and we have, you know, a text thread, of course. And so we all jumped in talking about it and the parts we loved and the irony of something like that coming out right before presidential elections are coming up. And so, yeah, I think it's, I, I loved it. I thought it was fun, but it's also, you know, kind of got that female lead aspect which I love I loved everyone who acted in it and it was kind of an interesting take too on both Sherlock Holmes's personality and Mycroft and bringing in Enola definitely yeah I really enjoyed it I thought it was fun I thought there was some great messages to it I thought watching and I'll go back to a further podcast I'm just going to jump right in the deep end with this deal I'll go back to another podcast we did where with Mulan and I talked about my biggest issue with Mulan was the fact that she just kicks everybody's ass and then she goes and asks permission from a bunch of men to continue to be her and I was like it pissed me off that she asked permission and I've since watched it again with my niece and I'm like oh just irritates me but 
in this movie I love because she never asks permission ever. She mm-hmm. just does her thing, man. Like, and you know, she goes through some things where obviously Mycroft, little asshole, is a real dick to her, especially in like the carriage at one point. Like he's a real asshole. And Millie Bobby Brown just plays that part so well. And she starts crying and he sticks her in the school, you know, the boarding school. But she still was like, I'm only doing it because I'm choosing to be caught and go so that, you know, this Marquis guy can get away in this moment and be safe. So I just really appreciated the fact that they leaned into the fact that she was becoming herself and learning who she was and didn't need permission. So, yeah, I liked that, that part a lot. So are we going to take this chronologically or can I jump around a little bit? <laughs> Let's jump around a little bit. Okay. Chronological <laughs> ones always end up really long episodes. So. so I think we all agree that like overall it's a pretty good movie and like Millie Bobby rounds really well. My biggest issue with this is them going back to the Lord's like house, right? And her her, her thing is that she took advice from Sherlock. It's like sometimes you got to dangle your foot in the water to attract the sharks. And so she's like, let's go back, get shot at and see who's shooting at us so we can solve the mystery. Considering that she has a Sherlock level brain, that is the stupidest, shittiest idea I have ever heard in the history of ideas. We have to remember, she just turned 16. So she's not like Sherlock's level yet. She's like, okay, I think I figured this out. I know where we need to go to figure this out. And maybe didn't calculate far enough ahead of like the danger and who actually might be behind it or kind of got that part wrong. Right, um, no, like I can appreciate that. Yeah. But me, having nowhere near a Sherlock brain, looks at that and says, <laughs> that is not a good idea. Right. Because I can calculate far enough ahead to tell you that that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So then like the Lord gets shot with a shotgun, which side note, <laughs> what kind of ammo was the shotgun shooting, right? Because the dude's like down the hall shooting at him, right? And it's like pinging next to their heads and like knocking over suits of armor. I'm like, okay, he's shooting like just slugs, which makes sense in the period. And then he gets shot in the chest and it's like this wide, like a butt, like like it's like the, the radius is huge. I was like, okay, so it's more like buckshot. So I'm like, if he's shooting buckshot, then the guy would have been dead like three minutes ago, you know? I just would like some consistency. If we're going to use guns, let's like do our homework. I think movies should start bringing you on as like a advisor, Javier, so that you can, because this is something like that consistently comes up. You can correct these things before they happen. You'll notice that it didn't bother me before I owned guns. But now that I own guns and like buy ammo and have to research what the different types of ammo are and I shoot it now, it really gets under my skin. That's just so lazy to not. We've got to work on your suspension of disbelief here, Javier, because there's two problems with your theory. If it is Buckshot, the distance that the guy was shooting, I can't remember his name, but the the bad guy was shooting at them. With Buckshot, it's going to be like someone throwing a BB really hard at you because you're not going to get a cluster from that kind of distance. It's going to hurt like hell. It's going to kill someone from that far. No, he was down a hall that was like 50 feet away, dude. Yeah. It's not going to, by the time it gets 50, well. 60 feet, the spread's no, so dude. far, it's going to leave a bunch of little painful holes in your ass. What is this, a Call of Duty game? Are you kidding oh me? Oh my no. God, come you on, don't get dude. 12 feet away and shotguns are useless. That's I didn't say they were useless. They're not going to kill somebody with a yes. gaping wound dude, like that. If you have double op buckshot and you shoot someone from 50 feet away, you're going to kill them. No, <laughs> Bet, dude. Let's test this. I've got some bucks that. Why don't you walk 50 paces? <laughs> not letting you shoot me with a buckshot. But it's only like a light BB, dude. Yeah. No, it's a heavy goddamn BB. I've pulled freaking buckshot apart before. But, and then if he's using a rifle, the little trick with the shield, the chest plate doesn't work. Right. So was it a shotgun or was it a rifle? Well, it was a shotgun. Right. 
you watch the shells hit the floor, dude. It was a shotgun. Yeah, but in the closed captioning, called it a rifle, you know? Wow. No, just, <laughs> just lazy writing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Good Lord, I was more wondering, man. like, what was, so you don't know who it is, and then all of a sudden, the bad guy comes in, starts shooting him up, they take care of him, and then the grandma is the one that, like, tries to kill him. I just felt like they were like, hey, by the way, she's the one who's doing it, but didn't really explain, like, her motives or oh, why yeah, they did. this is going on. They did? They explained it. They just explained it before you got there. Like, I figured out that it was the grandma. Like, when she's up in the treehouse and the grandma comes out and finds her and they have this conversation about England and how this is England and it's beautiful and it needs to be, it is exactly what it needs to be and should be. I, I was, I looked at Kay's and I oh, there, there's your villain. That's who's after the Marquis because she wants England to stay exactly exactly the same she likes the way that it is and he's gonna change it so was his dad yeah they gave that they just did it in reverse order they did it in a way that made you think what's his grandma his grandma would never hurt her grandchild or her son but it, yeah when you go back you watch that i was like oh shit yeah that's exposition they're exposing that way early i love how her being old is her motive right she's yeah. just like she's like i'm old and this is tradition so i'm like okay which is a very boomer mentality right like they had it their way old people right but no offense guys <laughs> hey since i'm the only one that's old in this group you can go fuck yourself out here <laughs> You're not like you're not like old enough that you want to like have post World War II traditions, you know. No, still, you know. I'm no saying. old people. We've already yeah. talked about this. I'm a, I'm a millennial, dude. I will agree with Ian though that that arc was like very disappointing, right? Because you have two, right? They're fi- they're looking for the mom and they're trying to solve like why the Lord has a hit on him, the the young Lord guy, and and the arc with the young Lord guy as to like why why he has a hit on him was super disappointing, <laughs> very <laughs> underwhelming. I agree with that. I fully agree with you, Javier. Thank fully. you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that. Yeah, I mean, it was for me, it was disappointing because it was so predictable. Halfway through the movie, I'm like, well, shit, I know how this ends. But at the same time, it's a nice allegory for our life right now, for the world that we live in, because it's we're kind of right there right now. We're stuck between people that want to change the world and people that don't want it to change at all. So I, I think that that's part of it. They made some changes to the book. They adapted it to the screenplay was definitely has to do with the world that we live in now. And that is they changed one. She was 14 instead of 16. That had more to do with the fact that Millie Bobby Brown was 16 when she was filming it allows for the sequel to be more realistic but the book doesn't involve her story as much so in that her becoming getting away from her brothers she never gets caught by mycroft in the book she actually just gets away and she leaves and even at the end she doesn't even have any interaction with her brothers lestrade and and sherlock are at the police station and she drops the marquess off at the police station and then leaves so that she doesn't get caught by them and so there's a lot that's changed in order to tell the story of this young woman becoming who she was and realizing that she wants to be a detective and setting out on her own but they also added a lot of this there is the everything as far as the grandmother and all that is true and part of the book but they do it more in the her figuring it out in the book as opposed to her figuring it out and then we get this you know exposition of things need to change and things need to stay the same it's very politicized in this show which i liked whereas in the book it's more just her figuring 
figuring out how to be her own detective and and use those skills that she's learned, which is very different than Sherlock because Sherlock is all about reading the room and she's more about the action side of it. She gets in and does a little bit more investigation, whereas he just reads a room and then figures it out, which is the one. There is a line in the book where they because Lestrade, they bring it up in the show. And I love the line. He's like, how'd your sister get here, get there before you? Um, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the book, they talk about the fact that it's because she's more action oriented than sitting back and letting things happen and watching and then using that deductive reasoning. She uses deductive reasoning and she's active in the investigation. She gets out and about, which is, I thought was pretty cool. It's an easy read. I, I recommend reading them. I'm, I kind of got hooked reading. Them. I was like, I'm going to read it. So one part of this, of, of like the characters that I really liked was the contrast of like how women view how they should act, right? Like, because you've got Enola Holmes' mom, who's like basically a rebel, right? You've got the, uh, you've got Enola Holmes herself, who in a lot of ways is like really against the, the norm, but will go with like social norms when needed. You've got like the military, in, or not the military, the martial arts instructor. But what I think is really interesting is you've got the, the head honcho of the women's school, right? That chick. And she is trying to explain to Enola that she's trying to teach her these principles so that she can fully take advantage of everything that society and the world has to offer. That there are certain doors closed to women, and I would argue men or anyone who don't behave according to that social contract that we all have, right? So I was like really curious what you guys thought about that contrast of like women should be able to, you know, do whatever they want, fight against the grain and be rebellious. But the other message that's being sent is should we, should women, should men, you know, try to fit in? Should we try to adhere to these social norms? Are there benefits to that? Yeah, I think there's definitely benefits to it. But I think Enola's like a good balance of that because she's not the extreme of her mom that's like, we need to blow shit up for people to pay attention and for change to happen. But she's also not, you know, I don't want to sit home and just look pretty and get married and have somebody take care of me. She still knows how to fit into society and kind of assimilate and be a part of that and influence it in a positive way, you know, like she does with the young Lord of like, look, we can stand side by side and work together and be equal. We don't have to, you know, not be a part of this we can we can contribute more than we are now but she does that more in a way that's that is acceptable than trying to blow stuff up and just be a pure rebel but it's important to still be true to what you you know who you are and what you want to do in life and you don't necessarily have to be what society wants you to be because that doesn't always mean the most contribution did we ever find out what she was trying to blow up um yeah didn't she list a like a part on the map that they were going to blow up Mm -hmm. before the vote yeah yeah, I don't remember which one it was though, because we went through the different names mm-hmm. that were fake names, like Lime Town, right, or whatever. Yeah, well, but like, there was like one Lime Street or something. Yeah, one of the was where they were storing them, and then the other was the two locations that they were thinking about. But did we up. figure out like what they were, like what the buildings were? I don't think so, and I th- I think the reason being is it was more of just a helping us understand that the mom was ready to go there as opposed to we need to know exactly which place because they needed to have that explanation at the end where she said i i was here to change the world but i was going to do it this way and you were able to do it by solving a mystery and making a friend I think her mom needs a whole movie by herself because I'd love to see her just start blowing shit up. Right? Like, I think every- Harry Potter, one of the last ones. Don't do this to me, Sam. <laughs> Come on. Get out of here. She plays a pretty evil character in Harry Potter. She blows a lot of shit up in that. I mean, to be fair, we do watch a lot of shitty movies on this podcast. Maybe we should just add Harry Potter to those. <laughs> 
Ouch. No. <laughs> Putting my foot down. I swore I'd make it my whole life without watching them, and I will. Aww. I'm only halfway there, so I've got a lot of room to move. Mm. No, but I love Helena Bonham Carter. They can make a movie. I've loved everything she's been in, like yeah. freaking uh, Fight Club. Like she was so much fun in that. She was, everything she's been in. She's got to be an interesting character to be to be married to. Uh, what's his face? Oh, no. Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. That's oh, she's be- married to Tim Burton. She's not oh, now no. for a long time. Yeah, she and she's in every movie. Every movie he's done, yeah. almost she's in or voiced in. That makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. She's a witch for sure. Oh, like in real life, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I love her. Like she just doesn't care. Like I think that's what my favorite part about her is. Kind of, and this kind of goes to what you were asking about for me, Javier. Like I, I don't think. Like I think, and maybe it's just because in America. Like I have some friends that I talk to that are in England, and a couple of buddy that lived in Europe for a while, and like we are so behind in so many ways in most modern cultures. And I'm not talking about third world countries and places that are still way behind the eight ball. But when it comes to like modern countries like we are so behind on human rights and and the ability to be yourself and not live in these social constraints that come from ages ago you know what i mean and i think to a certain degree and this is very controversial to me and i'll probably piss some people off but i even think down to our government like i hear people talk about certain rights and you know the bill of rights and they say yes our constitution is an amazing document and everything that's in there is important but the problem is is we haven't adapted it from the 1700s we don't look at it from a perspective of guys it's 2020 they didn't have shit that we have now back then and they had different things back then than we have now so there's no way to 100 carry that distance and and that gap without looking at it and go it's time to make some adaptations. I'm not saying change it, get rid of it. I'm just saying time to roll with the times. And I think that's true in every aspect of our life. It's time for us to get rid of some of these social norms that we've created and let everybody just be who they are and stop being so goddamn judgmental about it. Like it doesn't hurt anyone for the most part. And if it doesn't, there's no reason to get involved. If it does, now we need to talk about it. I've made that comment in a the last podcast we did. If it's not hurting someone or if it hurts someone, now let's talk about it. If it's not hurting someone, who gives a shit, right? Right? That's not what Javier said, but he's talking about hurting people and that made me think yeah. about that. No, that's verbatim what I said. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, I've always been of that way. Like, it doesn't hurt anyone. Then what the fuck does it matter? Like, it's not your business. Go about your business. If you want to live like you were born in the 1700s, good on you. Doesn't hurt me. I don't give a shit. But if you want to live like it's 2020 and everybody's equal and we just move along, let's do that shit. Because that's how it should be. Anyway, there's my tangent for the podcast. That's a pretty good tangent. <laughs> B minus. Uh, <laughs> on that theme the whole enola going to a boarding school thing was just so weird for me i'm like why is this so important to Minecraft? right like he's like you're my ward we're gonna do this and she's like why i'm like that's a great question (laughs) it's fair so well i mean but that was his he was kind of that that part of the movie of that mindset of the time and that side of the boat of you know women shouldn't be voting they you know this is their place in society and it's only right and proper for her to be a lady and look this way and and you know serve men and he had made a comment to Sherlock where they're talking about the vote and he said oh well that's the last thing we need is more uneducated voters it's like well they wouldn't be uneducated if you let them have the proper education you know and and a lot of them are educating themselves so they're not necessarily uneducated voters but that was his view of like oh we're just you know these people should not be voting because they're uneducated 
educated. They should only be educated in being a good lady of the house, you know? So it, it kind of gave that perspective of society that she was just not not about. And I love that. Was that what the vote was about? That, mm-hmm. I missed that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it. It, it was kind of like the beginning of women's suffrage. So mm-hmm. the sequel will probably most likely kind of continue with that theme. Because apparently even with that vote, at the time, most women or women still couldn't vote after. And a lot of men, like 40% of men, still couldn't vote after that vote went through. But well, that's just her point, too. Spoiler alert about history. I mean, (laughs) it still sucked after that vote, but you know. Well, and Mycroft is, he's the epitome of the old guard, right? Like, he's afraid to power. This vote and everything changing takes away his power. He even mentions, he goes, they even talk about it a couple times. Sherlock brings it up because Sherlock doesn't care about status. He just wants to do his thing and be him. He doesn't care about anyone. That's why they're getting sued for this movie. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Enola brings it up at some point that it's, you just don't want to lose status. And me not conforming to what you see and what your friends see as the proper lady takes away your power and embarrasses you and so he that's that's what he cared about was keeping his status and his power and it's insane to me that that but it's true i mean that's what people worry about that's why that's why our government hasn't made any changes in the last 20 years because politicians are afraid they'll get voted out that's always been Mycroft's character though in every rendition that you've seen he's always been a government official he's always used like in some he's really smart in this one he's just like a normal dude but he's always used whatever he can to get further ahead in the government. So that's always been important to him, uh, which is really an interesting contrast to Sherlock, who he's not about that, right? Like, I think it's in, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I've been told that there's like this kid who keeps going around telling everyone that he's king. And then someone finally tells him like, hey, a king normally doesn't have to go around telling everyone that he's a king. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the epitome of Sherlock, right? Like he doesn't have to go around telling everyone he's smart because he just is. Um, But I really liked Enola Holmes her it's not really like a middle ground between those two but it's like totally doing her own thing like she's smart but not like socially awkward like sherlock she's personable like mycroft but she doesn't use it for like selfish gain you know i don't know like i really liked her as a character mm-hmm. it sounded like there was more to that sentence there wasn't I just there, that, that was the end of it yeah. <laughs> no i agree with you Javier. and i told casey we were watching it i, I was laughing because i and i normally i try not to talk during movies but I, I couldn't stop myself i kept looking at kisses like millie bobby brown has so much charisma and she's so just fun to watch on this like to the point that i don't know i don't think this, I think this movie would have been successful in a lot of ways. There's some great fem- young female actresses out there, but I don't know that it would have been success- as successful, at least in my opinion, as it that it has been if it was anybody but her, because she's just so charming throughout the entire movie. You just can't help but enjoy her and like her and root for her, which is important because you also have one of the most popular literary characters in history and her brother, Sherlock Holmes, and you still find yourself rooting for her over him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how? Do- and it's played by Henry Cavill who is just amazing anyway. So now I'm like, I'm rooting for this girl over an actor that I love, a character that's one of my favorites to read. I've read all of the books. I've watched every movie rendition TV show. So I loved that I just, I wanted her to succeed regardless of all of that. So I agree with you. It's a great point. Yeah, they actually let her improv a lot of her lines throughout it Hmm. um, and kind of gave her some more creative license to like, okay, as you go into this fight scene, we're going to kind of let you say what comes to mind. And the one where he's like dunking her in the water, she purposefully didn't
didn't memorize her lines until like five minutes before the scene because she wanted it to like to come up and be stuttering, trying to remember and think of her lines and make it like look natural, you know, that she's in this flustered state. And she just has these really Mm -hmm. cool techniques that she used throughout the whole movie, I think, that kind of added to her character. You know, they'd say like, okay, at this point, you're going to look at the camera, but we're going to kind of let you, you know, decide what to do. So when, you know, she's in the fight scene and she looks and kind of gives him the, like, she just loved that. And so I thought she did a really great job. She's being like dunked and she goes limp and then you have the underwater shot and she just winks at you. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would, she's like, I can hold my breath for like 15 seconds. So they told me to like dunk my head in, sit there, gurgle all of the air out and then try to wink and smile and <laughs> like it turned out like this so <laughs> it came out amazing i was yeah, like that was good i'm a sucker for a good wink you know <laughs> yeah, she was really good <laughs> i've learned i'm a sucker for a good fourth wall break i'm not oh, usually right yeah i'm not usually a fan like I, I like it in certain circumstances like deadpool does it a lot in the comics so it's really funny in the movie but overuse is a big problem for me but this show i was like i couldn't get enough of it like every time she broke the fourth wall i was like can she just talk to us the whole time like i don't need to watch her talk to anybody else and the the little looks that she would throw the camera she didn't have to say anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was so good and then the fact that she would like have her conversations and use that deductive stuff while having a conversation with the viewers i it was so fun and it just added to that character and the the levity of this movie i enjoyed that part a lot i liked how she started using it to like vent to us right like later in the movie where she's like dealing with that kid and she would like turn to the camera and like vent something and like turn back to him and talk to him like nice i'm in on the joke (laughs) well and one of my favorites is right at the beginning when she's getting ready to meet her brothers and she says their names backwards and it sounds like gobbledygook and she's like maybe we should rethink that alone thing (laughs) I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. We're five minutes in and she's had a bike rack and realized that her analogy wasn't quite perfect. (laughs) This is awful. So another criticism I have is she had a really interesting like schooling schedule. Basically, she read history, then did physics and then fought her mom for the rest of the day. Like, is that the schedule that that's the schedule she gave us? Yeah. my, My other concern with that is it didn't really look like her mom was like a super skilled fighter. So I feel like regardless of how many hours you trained, you would be really good at finding fighting someone at your mom's level, not necessarily like a hired hitman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, but that's what I liked is when she was fighting him, it's not like she turned into a ninja and took him down. Like she took some hits, like hard hits the whole time, you know, and had moments where it was like, oh, geez, like I don't want to get up, but just kind of kept, you know, like there's that one move that she's like, oh, I did this with my mom and it worked and she tried on him and it was like, oh, nope, he's a lot heavier. And, you know, yeah, she, oh, yeah. the corkscrew. So you kind of see that in her development of like, okay, I'm going to apply what I learned. This isn't quite the subject I'm used to fighting with, but we're going to go for it. And she kind of still learned as she went. So it wasn't just total like Mulan move. Like, I'm just going to start kicking butt. You know? That's fair, actually. That's yeah, no chi. Finally, does do the corkscrew though. Like, oh, that made me cringe when the guy hits his head on the like knob or whatever. Oh, yeah. and he was still alive. She's like, Who do yeah. you work for? <laughs> <laughs> Like England or whatever he says. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. I kind of had a moment where I was like, I thought, because when he hit his head, I was like, oh, he, Casey, was dead. well, that guy's dead. Because I was, I was like, well, you just killed someone at 16. That's going to weigh heavy on your conscience. Then I was like, oh, he's still alive. Oh. Then I was like, and then he died. He alive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. She, she shrugged that off real quick. 
yeah that's like because immediately she was almost like uh, yeah i was like ooh, 16 killing someone on purpose on accident where they're attacking you or not i don't but, I, I mean I he kind of he he beat her up like if some dude's yeah, coming after me trying to kill me trying to drown me he's like waterboarding me for information trying to drown me thinks he drowned me and then still tries to beat me up and then comes back to like kill me and my friend i don't know that i would like necessarily have to go to therapy after that yeah, i think it would be way easier to get past that than if i just like walked up to someone and shot him in the face right right well, i mean sure i mean <laughs> we're comparing apples to oranges here which i've never understood that phrase because they're both fruit but still why can't <laughs> apples be compared <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What a great song. <laughs> Brain's got to poop. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Shout out to Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky right there. <laughs> really check that video out if you haven't. That's a good one. But yeah, so I, I'm not saying like it would, it's a different, I'm just saying at 16, you kill someone no matter the situation, there's going to be some yeah. residual psychological effects there, I think. Anyway, I think I'd feel that way no matter what, how old mm-hmm. I am, but at 16, that'd be rough. So I laughed at that part. I was like, ooh, that was a quick recovery. Speaking of quick recoveries, when that kid got shot with a shotgun and falls over and just gets knocked out and he gets up i was like wow like those bones that those broken ribs and that broken sternum sure sure bounced right back anyway i'm sorry i'm not gonna go on another gun tangent i just found that very interesting it's a good thing he had the foresight to put a metal plate on when did that happen it didn't show like when it, did he so we're talking about like from the knocked over suit of armor he was like oh i better shove this under my shirt was it that or was it her well well bone bodice thing i couldn't tell what it was no it was no, like a like a suit of armor like plate okay yeah yeah, it came off of the when he shot one, they they knocked down one of the mm. plates of armor and he picked it up. It was when she dashed to the other side of the room, they cut the camera away. So the assumption is he did it while we weren't because it showed him looking at it when it hit the ground. Mm. So I feel like we would have heard that. Like no, no, no. I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he got I it up. He got it up his shirt and around his jacket pretty quietly, <laughs> and it added no girth to him at all. Like yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> his clothes still fit quite perfectly yeah. Said, yeah but Javier you mentioned something in the the spoiler free review that I wanted to touch on that I really enjoyed and that was again this this show of strength from this teacher that she was the the martial arts teacher that was teaching all the women how to fight and Sherlock Holmes who is a very skillful fighter as we learned at the beginning like he mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combat all that stuff but he's afraid of her because she has a teapot <laughs> and he backs down I mean one he doesn't want to fight her but two he's just like yeah can you put the teapot down because that's a dangerous weapon well, in your she hands. She probably trained him, right? Probably. She trained Enola, and there's other references to like other people having raised Sherlock and Mycroft and Enola, right? Mm-hmm. So she probably trained Sherlock, so he probably knows like... Like when he was 12, she like demolished him with a teapot, and he's like, right. oh, I can't do the teapot, right. let it down. If we're going to talk about psychological problems as a yeah. kid, getting your ass handed to you by a woman with a teapot, that'll yeah. do it to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, love it. I think that it's fun that they showed the flaws in human beings and still made these characters so likable. It's too bad that they're suing them over this movie. Did you guys hear about that? This lawsuit? No, no what's happening? <laughs> so my brain just went stupid on the the actual author of the Sherlock Holmes books, but oh, Arthur sir. Conan Doyle. Yeah. Yes, Arthur Conan Doyle. So his family, his estate is suing this show because they're saying that the portrayal of Sherlock in this is a version. So most of Sherlock, those Sherlock Holmes stories are old enough that they're part of public domain. So they can be used by anyone to any extent. It's no longer copyrighted or 
or protected. But there are a series of later novels that Doyle wrote where Sherlock was, he made a realization of he's very brilliant, he's great at what he does, but he is without companionship. Nobody likes him. He's kind of a dick. He's not kind of a dick. He's an asshole. And so he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have people that care about him. So he softens in these later books to where he's trying to build relationships. And there, this version of Sherlock in this movie, they're claiming, is based on that version of Sherlock, which is still under copyright law and mm. is not open to public domain. So they're trying. To, and I was like, I get it. I really do. But it seems like a stretch to me because it's no, not even I... based off of your <laughs> of, off of Conan Doyle's books. It's based off a version of a book that was written by completely different author and mm. as i've read yes sherlock is a dick in those books but you can't you still need some license right and I, I, so i don't know i was gonna say like i think they have like a kind of good point because that's not the sherlock that we all know and love no. right like the sherlock that we know wouldn't say i care about you right? no like, he didn't care so i think that was one of my disappointments watching this mm. is that not that we didn't see enough of sherlock it's just that it was a different sherlock like sherlock he was gentle and he was kind and he was still brilliant but not as brilliant so there was just like no like like there's someone smarter than him in this movie he's nice which is kind of weird <laughs> and like like he's thoughtful which is also weird right like like what happened to our just like borderline autistic like sherlock holmes that just has no social cues and is just super smart so i don't know i think they have a good point there it's not the same sherlock that's i mean they say like later in the books he kind of becomes more that way with her and develops that relationship so they kind of sped that up with the movie i saw something where they made a good point where he kind of starts to realize like how intelligent she is and her capabilities that he doesn't have as far as you know going out there and actually doing something herself and it starts to kind of become a game between the two of them like he's mm. seen how smart she is and that she might actually get to some conclusions faster than him because of that so you know he puts the note in the paper trying to draw her out she kind of knows that he's doing that but she still can't help but show up dressed up as a boy he walks by not looking at her but probably still saw her there you know so there's kind of this he's almost enjoying that game between the two of them now that he has somebody smart enough to kind of play that way with him and kind of contribute intellectually. Ah, there's that long con Sherlock dick move. I'm thinking I'm like, he's, he's got a little competition, but he's enjoying it. And he kind of wants to see what she can do. You know, I I can get behind that. I feel way better about that. (laughs) <laughs> you really should read these books, Javier, because I, like I said, I read the first one, the one that this this show, this movie was based on, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it because it does have more of that standoffish Sherlock in it. Yeah. They needed someone, especially because they made Mycroft so extremely dickish. Mm-hmm. They needed someone to that you can tie her to. That's part of the story, which I get why. But in the book, he's more of the normal mm. uh, Sherlock, and apparently, there's like four or five. I didn't look at how many, but I'm I'm stoked to read them because the first one's really good. It's interesting. Was this a British? cast like is henry cavill british? very british yeah. really uh-huh so it it's like really everyone. odd actually do you ever watch a movie and look at someone and you're like yeah that person's definitely british <laughs> is that happening to you guys i don't think that's happened to me but i've i've watched like interviews of people that i never knew were british and then they have a british accent and i'm like that makes so much fucking sense <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was the lord's mom when i saw her i was like oh yeah she's she's super <laughs> british <laughs> She's got a British face, you know? <laughs> She's got a British face. 
face. There's some more editing I have to do. We have a lot of <laughs> British fans. <laughs> How offensive was that? Like, she's a gorgeous person, you know? There you go. Now you fixed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that insulted. I'm just saying, you know. But did you see those teeth? Those were definitely British. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> You're putting teeth in my mouth, words in my mouth. All right. You guys ready to rate this thing? Yes. Uh, All right, let's, I want to go first. Okay. You don't want to go first because you're going to rate it low and piss me off. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> might, I might rate it lower than you would probably like. You probably would because I, I would give it a four out of five. I liked it. Well, okay, yeah. Continue on. Sam. Yeah, keep going. Like you said, I think it was well adapted for things that are relevant that are going on today. Um, I think it has a strong female lead without being so presumptuous or so like in your face about it. I think the characters were all really well done and the style of how they did it with her looking at the camera and just the different thematic themes that they used, I think were done really well. Um, and it was just fun. Like it was entertaining and something that you wanted to watch again because there's things that you're going to catch the second time. So, I mean, there's obviously little loopholes and things that aren't perfect, but I think overall it's just a fun, good, strong female lead. Sam, is that a bowl or is that a giant ass mug? Um, This is my coffee mug. <laughs> It is huge. <laughs> yeah. It's a hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil monkey. And then on the inside on the bottom, it says you are a wise monkey. Oh. <laughs> My mom gave it to me. Dude, and it holds mix, a shit ton like of coffee. size of a soup bowl. Yeah. yeah. Like you can mix cake batter in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my coffee. That's amazing. So we got a four from Sam. Ian, what about you? So I kind of mentioned this on our our live portion where I I had struggled to get into this movie. Um, it sounds like it was very well liked. And like I said, I went and looked up the ratings. And of course, I was very opposite of the ratings. So I don't know what's going on with me. I did enjoy the fourth wall breaks. That was something that kind of repeaked my interest every time they would do that. I just couldn't get attached to a lot of the characters. I, maybe it's because I watched one too many Sherlock's things that I just... And I, I'll be honest, I kept seeing The Witcher, even though he was being nice <laughs> and all that stuff. Like He would like look at the characters with some intensity and I'd be like, mm, Witcher. And you so, just expect it to be like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. A grunt or something or some like white hair to kind of start out. anyways yeah i apologize i couldn't get more into it i feel like i was supposed to like this movie but for me it just wasn't it didn't grab me so but it had some good acting and i guess i'd go with a 2.5 2. which javier says <laughs> javier says it's a good movie there's so, ah, middle of the road middle of the road middle of the uh, road i feel comfortable with that see, based but... on javier's explanation of the 2.5 <laughs> It's not bad. It's not good. It's just just middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners can't see, but Ian got the stink guy from Sam on that one. So. <laughs> yeah. I was, that's why I hold my mouth until now. Yeah. All right. Well, as, as I said in the, the spoiler free, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I it's I had more fun with this movie than I've had with a movie in a good long time. It was carefree. It's fun. But there's some really, really poignant and strong messages to this movie that if you want to see and, and pay attention to those things, you will see them. But if you just wanted to have a good time and watch a fun movie that's well acted with a lead that's just so so charming and charismatic that you can't help but just have fun with her the fourth wall breaks are great 
great. The characters are strong. I really enjoy the interactions and the lessons that are learned. And like Sam said, it's not pretentious. It doesn't try to be anything other than what it is, but it does it in such a way that you see the lessons that are meant to be there. You see this strong female character. You see multiple strong female characters. You see men that probably normally wouldn't learn lessons start to learn a lesson and see those things. You see a man that's all about, you know, learn, growing up and be, making everything possible and, and the future being portrayed and pushed. And, and I just really enjoyed that. Overall, for me, just a fun, fun movie. I'll definitely watch this again. I'm going to give it a four as well with Sam. I've already watched it again just for the fun of it. It had nothing to do with the podcast. I was just, this is a fun movie. So Casey and I watch it again. So really enjoyed it. Javier, bring us home. Okay. So choose wisely, Javier. <laughs> <laughs> Your friendship is on the line. So for ratings purposes, I view this movie in two sections, right? A Sherlock movie and a female empowerment movie. On the female empowerment side, like it's good. I don't have major complaints about it. I just prefer like Charlize Theron movies, like like actual in-your-face movies. Because here's why, Sam. You can either complain about the patriarchy or you can shoot it in the fucking face. <laughs> and that's what Charlize Theron does. <laughs> okay, so with that said, I think I think... It docks some point there. And as far as the Sherlock go, like movie goes, if you want to watch a Sherlock movie, go watch a Sherlock movie, right? Like this is literally just like thrift store version of Sherlock. It's like Sherlock 1.0, right? Like it's just not, it's not as good. Right? It's not as exciting. So with that said, really good acting. Love the cinematography, the breaking of fourth wall, the character developments, the lessons that it has, like Lots of really good things in this movie. So I definitely think it's worth watching. And I'm going to give it a three, which is above average, which is, which is above average, I would like to say. So it makes it a, it makes it a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it officially makes it a good movie. That's right, Ian. It's only a point less than what you gave it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I said it was a good movie. It I is. It. it is. I know. No, just that's a 2.5 with Ian. <laughs> Through <laughs> you, Javier. You have to have same on. I've never seen somebody bully Javier this much before, <laughs> and have him be affected by it. Uh, Sam, you're the only person. You're the only person I haven't seen him argue with until his head was about to explode. So okay, the last person that we had, not the last person. Well, yeah, the last. Well, Alec was the last person when we had Jay on for V for Vendetta, and he starts it off by saying it's a shitty movie. How am I? How am I supposed to take that line down? You know? Uh. Uh-uh. Hey, I give you props. She convinced him. He changed his rating. He ended up jumping up huge. Yeah, it's true. Propaganda is my thing. <laughs> Obstinance is your thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there is our review and rating of Enola Holmes. Go check this movie out. It's a lot of fun. Even on the lowest scale, it's an average movie. On the best scale, it's a great movie, a lot of fun. So go check it out. Sam, thank you so much for joining us for this review. We, we appreciate your insights and just having you along. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has. Definitely. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can go to our website, whatsoverdick.com. Check it out. Like I said, sign up for our email list. We don't harass. Just once a month, we give you some what we're, what's coming out next month and then send you some fun exclusive content like our bloopers that this one has plenty next week we will be reviewing a movie called the serious men on netflix it's an indian movie so we're pretty excited about that looks interesting so check that out with us you can also find us uh wherever podcasts can be found also go check us out on facebook instagram twitter all at what's our verdict commune with us let us know what you want to hear leave comments on the website tell us what you think we'd love to hear your thoughts as well Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. 
Cinemagic out. <laughs>